Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome everyone to the JSB Gamescast Game of the Year 2022 special. I'm your host Rob, aka Zen, and over the next hour and a half we will be joined by many of our friends and co-hosts to discuss the games that have left some kind of special impression on us over the last year. 2022 was a phenomenal year for games within each and every corner of the gaming industry, from AAA titles to small indies to everywhere in between. Each month was stacked and you probably all remember us talking about drowning in games like every other week. Uh, every time we turned around, there was something else that was dropping. And it's like, uh, Lewis, did you get a chance to play this? And then he's like, no, but I played this. Rob, do you remember this is coming out? And I'm like, oh my god, I can't. We're drowning. Um, <laughs> it is insane. Um, but it's a good problem to have. It's something that, you know, we, I think within the last couple of years... Um, games have really popped off in a way to where we've been eating really good but i think a lot of us um especially within our age group can remember times where we had serious droughts um there were there were some years that were just completely lackluster um so it is definitely amazing to see that like year after year just keeps getting better and better and i think 2023 is shaping up to be an insane year and that's that's coming off the back of of 2022 which we're going to get into uh this episode um i think what most people are probably expecting is a lot of elden ring um a lot of god of war uh (laughs) and and those things are are certainly in here um anybody that's listened to our show over the past year like you know that we are some marks for for both of those games um but i think what truly surprised me um, was how many other games come up. And it's crazy to think, like, at the beginning of the year, we were, we were constantly joking, like, oh, Elden Ring's clearly number one. Uh, everything is fighting for number two. Um, and as the year went on and as I listened to all of our submissions today, I'm like, you know... As great as Elden Ring is, 
there's a lot of other games that can definitely take that number one spot. Uh, <laughs> and I think this episode perfectly captures that. Um, a lot of our, our guests today couldn't focus on just like a single game, which I think our last year's show was a lot of everybody picking like one game and focusing a lot of their time on that. You'll find that this episode is, is definitely split. Um, I think everybody brings at least two games, and I think there's a lot of voices that are like three, four, five, just like rattling off things, and it really put into perspective just like how insane this year truly was. Um, so, you know, strap in, get comfy, get that notepad open up, because we're going to be talking about a lot of titles today. Um, and, you know, with that, um, let's kind of let's kind of get right into it. Uh, I didn't want to keep this intro too, too long. Uh, uh, and we're going to start this thing off how we normally do things. So uh, we're going to hear from Lewis. He's going to take over for me. And uh, I will chat with y'all later um, as I sit and think about my game of the year as, uh, as we hear these lovely voices. So peace. Talk to y'all in a bit. All right, guys, this is it. This is your boy, Soft and Wet. And I'm going to rant a few few minutes here about my game of the year, which is going to go to God of War Ragnarok. Um, I really did think about what games I played last year and, and, and what affected me. And, 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 you know, a lot of the times I'll play a game and I'll sit with them for a little bit. You know, I'm just like, man, what an experience. But... Uh, when I tell you that God of War Ragnarok just kind of rocked me to my core, uh, that is not uh, an exaggeration. I'm not being hyperbolic. Like that, that game just it touched me in a way I was not expecting. Um, and you know, I'm just like this. This game made me think that as a medium anything is possible just video games as a medium anything is possible um i am not and i keep and i say this all the time i'm not a super god of war fan right like i played the original trilogy i played you know a couple of the psp games um i say a couple but i think there's only two of them and and that was it you know and i always looked at kratos as like this one-dimensional character right like he's just like revenge you know zeus and you know that was it but like the shift um over into 2018 into ragnarok was just amazing you know and i think that's why it eked out over like elden ring for me as far as um game of the year is because it's just the writing and these characters are just they're they're fantastic they're they're fan fucking tastic like i don't have a word to describe this world that they built in 2018 that just you know it's it sunk its teeth into me um, you know, I was going through 2018 and I was fresh, 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 fresh off of it when Ragnarok dropped. So my hype levels were like insane and it did not disappoint. I mean, from the, from the opening, you know, it picks up like right off of, uh, where 2018 ended, where Thor shows up at Kratos in the trace cabin. And, and, and it was so cool that we finally get to see, uh, the faces to these gods that were talked about in the first game right and then you hear like people talking about how bad Thor is and, and how you know how Odin is just this manipulative asshole and 
literally the two characters show up within like the first couple of minutes and you get to see what everyone was going on about and and rightfully so because when i tell you like thor just has this presence right um you can tell uh this this motherfucker's got issues you know what i'm saying uh and it's it's evident and it's even more evident when odin shows up just how like people were not exaggerating about how manipulative it's it, he is and not even that like i could see like he is so fucking charming i could see how anybody would just fall for his bullshit you know what i'm saying like it, they did such a great job with his character um and and even just throughout the whole game when you're you're getting you're getting more information on these characters relationships how how Freya was when she was with odin um you know thor and and his relationship with his wife and his daughter um just all you know they're, they're just built on everything that they established and it's so crazy to me it's so crazy to me that um they did such an amazing job um i could go on uh, just for hours about like the depth of the relationships just just if if i made like a pie chart not even a pie chart but i did like the little detective string board um of how uh, everyone just kind of was connected to each other you know I, it would be insane so i just really 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 just love this fucking game i i really wish that um I could be more articulate in describing how I feel about it. I just really love it. Um, the growth that Kratos experienced from from the you know 2018 into Ragnarok was that that shit was like life changing. Um, to see this metamorphosis of this man who was just kind of like broken in the first game, he didn't really know how to communicate. Um, you know, he's going through it with his wife, you know, he, or he misses his wife, I should say, you know, um, he was going through it with the death of his wife. He's trying to communicate to Atreus, I like, I love you, um, but I didn't seen some shit, you know, and, and then he's also just kind of dealing with, uh, you know, how do I, how do I raise this kid by myself, you know, and the growth that he experienced from the first game to Ragnarok is just crazy, man. Like, by, by the time you get to the end of Ragnarok, I'm just like, this this isn't the same Kratos, you know. Um, he he was he's such a good communicator by the end of the game, and I really love how he's just kind of imparting this knowledge from his trauma. You know, he's 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 telling Atreus, and he's telling other people, and like Freya, like revenge isn't the answer. You know, um, don't hold on to anger. And this and, and and this is all like real life shit, man. Like this is this is stuff that I could apply to myself. I have a terrible temper, you know. I I, I I'm really bad um, about holding grudges, you know. And Kratos is constantly, constantly preaching like this. That shit will eat you up, you know. That shit does something to you when you hold on to stuff like that. You know, it's not gonna make you feel better to get revenge. Um, and to hear this come out of his mouth specifically his mouth was just the the shifting point for me uh as far as my perspective like i was like okay this kratos is he's just a changed man you know and it's it's it, it really just kind of rocked me to my core it touched me um it's so sincere uh the change in him and 
his ability to communicate his feelings to his friends and and to his son that he you know he's able by the end of the game he's like you know i love you you know like and he's and he's and he he doesn't even call atreus boy anymore you know he called you know he's like you're my son he says that multiple times you know um it's just it's it's a beautiful thing man and it it, it does make me hopeful that um if if kratos can change then any one of us can you know um you know it, it does impart like the importance of letting go of stuff you know letting go of grudges letting go of like petty shit you know um this is just more than a game man and, and it's just so impressive to me that this medium continues to do this where um it's like games come to you with like when you need them I've, I've had that happen multiple times you know and it's specific games that just kind of come to you in your life when you need to experience them and I, I love when I have moments like that and it just reminds me how fucking dope video games are you know um I'm gonna continue to really just kind of sit with God of War too like I I, I I think that even though I beat it I platinum did I, I I did everything I could with that game I'm still gonna sit with that game and there's times where I'm sitting here while I'm working and I'm just thinking about um the the little dialogue that they have like Kratos has with Freya while they're traveling or Atreus while they're traveling like those are some of the best moments in that game and they're so natural and and some of them are genuinely funny like I have laughed on like multiple occasions just hearing the banter between Muneer and uh um and Freya and and Kratos and Kratos and Atreus and and Atreus and Angraboda like that that to me just just shows how good this fucking game is is when when i'm enjoying the idle downtime to get to an objective or get to the next story beat if this game is just making me laugh you know and um yeah man it's it's just an experience if if you if you're on the fence about playing ragnarok if you haven't played it yet just promise me that you will get to it i don't care when you know i don't care how what system uh you know if you gotta just 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 play play this game um enjoy the ride enjoy these characters and um just 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 kind of be in it you know be be in 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 that world and, and enjoy it because if if i could easily go back and erase my memory and erase all my trophy progress which you know we could do that um except the memory part I would I would go back and I would play that game again and I know in my heart that it would have the same effect I would have the same ride by the time I got to the end of it um I just know and uh that's 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 such a that's such a good feeling and that doesn't happen all the time with um with with games you know it just it's just changed my life like real shit (laughs) um anyway so I'm going to wrap this up. Just want to wish everybody a happy new year. And uh, I hope everyone has a, a wonderful 2023. I can't wait for all the games that are dropping just within like these first couple of months. We're going to be busy, busy. So um, again, y'all stay healthy. Be good. Uh, this is Unk Soft and Wet signing out. If you guys want to find me on the Internet, you already know it's at Soft and Wet FL on Twitter and Instagram. Later. What up? It's your boy, Young Cheddar. 
aka Dive and Dizzle. We back at it again with another Jax Savage Base collaboration game of the year podcast episode. I'm your boy Diver Down, and I'm gonna talk about some dang old video games. So this year was absolutely stacked with games. Uh there were so many different games that could be game of the year contenders. Uh, even to where I had several games that I called game of the year at different points of the year. Um, and there are so many good games that came out this year where if somebody said, oh, such and such is my game of the year, I'd probably be like, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, I'm, I'm down with that. I'm about it. Uh, so... Before I get on to what's my actual game of the year, real quick, honorable mentions, uh, Sonic Frontiers, went super duper hard on that game, absolutely loved it, uh, Elden Ring, I don't need to say shit about Elden Ring, man, we, we know, we played it, we know, uh, and Metal Hellsinger, I absolutely loved Metal Hellsinger and that was actually originally supposed to be the game that I was going to talk about on this podcast for my game of the year uh but I changed my mind at the last second to what Crisis Core Final Fantasy 7 Reunion anybody who knows anything about me knows I love Crisis Core I love the original Crisis Core that game is probably my most played PSP game uh, it's a very, very special game to me. And so when they announced that they were doing, like, a remake, remaster, you know, it kind of walks the line between the two. Uh, I was cautiously optimistic about it because uh, I was very, very excited to begin with. Uh, but, you know, there was that little bit of me that was like, you know, I didn't want to be burned again over being like really really excited for a thing and it doesn't end up being what i wanted uh and also they got a weird track record with that because uh i personally really really liked final fantasy 7 remake but i know it's a bit of a contentious game for a lot of people uh so you know there was there's a little bit of worry going into it but i'm gonna just tell you right now all that worry I did it for nothing. This game's great. So, uh, to begin with, let's talk about graphics. Game looks fantastic. Uh, I am playing the game on PC because I wanted to play the game at 60 frames. And uh, I don't have a next-gen console. And the next-gen consoles are the only ones that are uh, able to play that game at 60 frames. So, I didn't want to get it on console and have to play it at 30. So, I'm playing it on PC. 60 frames. Maximum graphics settings. Game looks godlike. Game runs smooth as butter. I love everything that they did with updating the visuals of this game. It looks fantastic. Uh, music. Super good. Uh, they kind of... They have the same songs... But some of them are kind of like straight-up remasters of the original tracks. And uh, some of them slightly different. They're like a, a little 
different renditions. You know, they got more money and they got more uh, better sound equipment, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so some of them sound a little bit different. Uh, they got Ishimoto back in the studio to play with his play with his toys again, play his uh, play with his original tracks that he made for the game, and kind of update them. Haven't heard a bad song yet. I have not currently beaten the game as of this recording, uh, but that is only because I am going to 100% the game. Uh, I haven't 100%ed Crisis Core in a long time, and I feel like it would be right to do it with Reunion as well. Uh, and anybody who's ever played Crisis Core, you know, that takes a hot minute. That takes a hot minute. So... Uh, I could have beaten the game by now, but I have not. By the end of the year, I will definitely have beaten it, though. Uh, but anyway, on to uh, story. It's the same story. It's the same story as on the PSP, so nobody has to worry about people, like, they didn't remakeify it, they didn't put it, like, into the remake canon or anything like that story-wise it is the exact same game that you played on the psp 14 years ago so on to the elephant in the room let's talk about combat uh this game kind of lingers it kind of walks the line uh between being a straight-up action game and being an action rpg feels much less stiff than the PSP version did. And I love playing the PSP version, but you can't you can't deny that that game was stiff. Uh, I wouldn't straight up call it a real-ass action game, but they updated a lot of things that definitely have made it a lot more fluid, such as uh, Zack's melee combo. It's a lot snappier. Uh, you can cancel it into rolls, and rolls have iframes. That's right, baby. It's a Souls-like. Uh, they added combo finishers. So now if you use a materia in the middle of your combo, if it's a physical one, uh, if it's one of the ones that spends AP, then uh, it'll get buffed depending on how many attacks you did before it in the combo. Uh and it'll, it'll straight up tell you, it'll give you like little orange numbers to tell you that you did it right. Which, that's really nice. And if you go into a spell, then Zack will kind of take a step back. He'll like do a backdash before he does it. And uh, that's, it's not like a get out of jail free card. There are definitely still some things that can catch up with you and hit you before... Uh, before you actually cast the spell, but it's definitely a nice little added bit of safety. Um, so, DMW, uh, they changed that around a little bit. Anybody who was hoping that they would take away the DMW being a slot machine thing, sorry to say, bud, uh, it's still a slot machine. So if you didn't like it before, you're not going to like it now. But now they streamlined it a little bit. So now, whenever you get a limit break, instead of Zach just sitting there with his thumb up his ass for like five seconds while the PSP loads the FMV to play play the limit break, 
you can stock it and it whenever you whenever you spend it, it just gets into it immediately bada bing bada boom you're done you can skip the animations as well uh so the added combat layer of being able to stock your limit breaks makes the game really cool like you're doing a really hard fight you end up getting Aerith's limit break and you just hold on to that until you need it and you get that heal like that kind of stuff it's really really cool you can also hold one regular limit break and you can hold one summon at the same time you can stock one of each uh before you know you got to spend you got to spend one of them to to get another one in that slot uh so that's that's really really nice and uh, they they made a lot of nice quality of life changes. Like you know you get uh, you get emails telling you where summon materia is, uh, like what missions they're in. Uh, same with shop addresses. Same with all that kind of stuff. It's it's really nice. Um, game definitely holds your hand a little bit more, not too much. But it's it's definitely nice. So yeah, I'm gonna get out of here. I'm gonna stop gushing about Crisis Core Reunion. Uh, anybody who is into Final Fantasy VII, anybody who was into the original Crisis Core back on PSP, I implore you, you should play this game. You should play Reunion. It is everything you loved about original Crisis Core made better it is fantastic so i'm gonna get on out of here until next time my friends embrace your dreams and protect your honor as soldier see you guys later all right i guess it's um my turn now what's going on guys uh, my name is ryan uh, of course you guys uh, know me as being a uh core member of the jsb games cast and uh here we are the end of another year 2022 is uh close to being done or could be done by the time whenever this uh podcast does go up up uh, whatever the case may be um first and foremost uh before i get into uh the games i would like to talk about for 2022 i do want to wish everyone a happy new year and hopefully everyone has a good 2023 i know there's a lot out there that's happening that you know people are paying attention to and things you know that could be you know wearing and tearing at you and everything but you know hey you know make sure you try to do the best you can surround yourself with people that will always be there to elevate you and you know make things better for you um as you uh you know go through your days and uh you know that's a uh, part of video games right i mean video games is a getaway to be able to enjoy that and everything kind of escape you know of what's happening in the world and you know things for you to just kind of enjoy and do you know so um but first and foremost you know hopefully everyone has a good uh 2023 to say the least uh with that said we've had quite a few game releases this year um admittedly i haven't really been able to play a ton of new games um mainly because you know i've been really focused on like my art grind you know drawing and you know trying to make things happen with that and you know i mean it's uh 
one of those deals where it's just like you know you just kind of you know do what you can with you know things you're doing i've been investing a lot of my time with you know drawing and what i've been doing with that so and you know we've had a lot of interesting video games come out this year you know um just trying to look back at like all the different games that have uh hit this year um trying to like think of just a few for example um as you know kind of going through and looking back at like all the uh video games that we played um i want to say like for example sifu i think came out this year yes yeah, sifu came out this year uh resident evil 8 i want to say did that come out this year i mean this is the problem my days of like all have blended with each other no, village was last year yeah so yeah village was last year um so yeah like i said for example a lot of games have just kind of you know release dates have been just kind of blending together um of course god of war ragnarok i didn't play that because i'm still in the process of one day finishing uh the first one um but let's see uh horizon came out this year too that's forbidden west <laughs> that's another game i need to finish um so you know been a ton of different games that's been out uh that has been released um and like I said, you know, just other games have really just rather focused on pay playing. Um, and unfortunately, I can't do 13 Sentinels again for a third straight year as being my game of the year. But seriously, play 13 Sentinels. That game is fantastic. A great experience. I will say that. It did release for Switch. So I could technically use that, but I don't have a Switch. So that'd be kind of unfair. Um, but I am waiting for that PC release whenever 13 Sentinels does eventually you know hit pc that would be amazing whenever that is um so let's see i've played a lot of different games this year um, the games i spent the most time with uh dnf duel obviously uh i want to bring that up dnf duel uh was a recent release this year and I i'll be honest i know a lot of people it's a very hit or miss like opinion when it comes to that game there's people that even really love that game or people that really hate that game it's a very hit or miss thing um definitely kind of reminds me of when marvel 3 first dropped because a lot of people loved marvel vs capcom 3 but a lot of people hated marvel vs capcom 3 uh when it was first released so it's a very polarizing uh game uh so that's probably the game i spent the most time with this year uh has been dnf duel uh really enjoyed that fighting game it's definitely a lot of fun it might be a fighting game that i put in my top 10 um of all time for me uh because of just how different and how unique of a game it is um but i'm not gonna nominate that as my game of the year but i will say definitely uh definitely play that um if i had to choose though a game of the year that i would have to say just set the bar and just set the experience um for me i would probably have to give my nod and it, it's it's going to sound like you know a complete sellout you know because i'm sure a lot of people have had this game as being the game of the year but i have to go with elden ring um i think elden ring is definitely the game of the year um you know and i've heard people say like oh isn't that just another souls game isn't you know yes and no 
Um, I think with Elden Ring, there's so many different things that Elden Ring did um, compared to other Souls games that really sets it apart from the Dark Souls, the Sekiro's, and things like that. It just it felt like you could really play this game however you really wanted to play it. Um, obviously, yeah, there's builds uh, that are always going to be stronger than other builds. Uh, when it comes to the um, Elden Ring, but you know, you still have that feeling of you can kind of play this however you want, and you can even play the game at your own pace and what you want to do things. Now, admittedly, it's a game I have not finished. Um, it's probably most likely a game I'm not going to finish uh, because of the fact that um, it's such a huge game. Like, it's a big freaking video game and like for me unfortunately i just don't have the time to play the game um because it's you know with work and everything else i just am not going to have that time to play it um but like i would say as well with um with that game um it's just there's so many different things that you know you can do with it and it's very fun um yes it can be very frustrating at times uh, no no doubt about that but it's still very much a very very fun game and it's a game i honestly enjoyed myself a lot playing and typically souls games i get burned out very easily but in this case with this game uh not so much uh i actually enjoyed my time with it a lot even like the boss fights that i was stuck with forever and trying to do things i still enjoyed playing the game a ton uh so it's definitely a game that i think everyone should play uh, and, and you know if you're not able to finish it if you're not able to like you know be able to get everything in the game and everything i think that's fine uh, because it's a huge game and it is very much a time commitment game to play but I will say um, it's definitely worth the experience. Uh, definitely uh, play that game. So Elden Ring is probably uh, my game of the year, uh, to say the least. Uh, just a fantastic uh, game to play. Um, now, there are some other games that I do want to kind of bring up. Um, I've often talked about the Judgment games. Um, you know, Judgment, Lost Judgment, That those games are now on PC. So play those games as well. Um, I want to say another game that I kind of, I kind of liked. I still have to finish it, and I'm still kind of grinding through it. Uh, Soul Hackers Two is another game I really have enjoyed my time playing and everything. So like that, like those characters in that game are really, really, you know, really, really fun. Especially Ringo, the uh, main protagonist. Um, she's just has all the personality in the world, a very dry, you know, sense of humor, which is something that appeals to me. So I'm definitely, you know, gonna talk about Soul Hackers too. Um, you know, with that being, you know, hey, if you played an Atlas RPG, you know exactly where you're getting with that game. Um, but it's still very, very fun and still very, you know, cool to play and anything. And here's a game that's a sleeper that I'm gonna bring up that you should definitely play. Um, if you're a Hades fan, if you like Hades, you should look up a game called Warm Snow. Um, it's a Chinese developed game. Um, and it is 
incredibly fun to play a lot of chinese lore and everything with it but it is got a lot of neat little abilities when when you're enhancing and you're leveling up and you know of course you know blistering swords and spiral swords you know if you like virgil uh, and you like uh, those type of things uh you'll love warm snow it's a uh, it's a fun game for sure um so those are basically the games i want to mention and talk about um as far as uh the game of the year segment again uh my personal game of the year for 2022 is elden ring um because you know hey it deserves it it, it, it was a well thought out well-made game a lot of lore a lot of people loved it and i did as well like i said even though i haven't finished it and it may not look like i will ever get a chance to finish it um the time i did spend with it was absolutely fantastic so that's gonna be it for me uh thanks again for watching guys and thanks again for supporting the jsb games cast uh for however long you have and uh you know hey keep supporting keep uh you know if you like uh listening to uh rob lewis and drew and i uh kind of just talk about games and like having fun and just kind of being goofy at the same time and everything uh we appreciate it so definitely you know keep listening uh keep supporting and uh we will see you guys in 2023 again take care be easy and uh you get to hear from some uh, other special guests and uh, hear what their games of the year are going to be till then y'all take care be easy thanks for listening hello jsb savage cast podcast thingy then then has asked for like uh game of the year recording and finally got around doing things thanks to the help of my friend Ryan, should I just use the real name? It's fine. Uh, so, 2022. Quite a year for gaming, actually. Like, actually, this... The beginning of this year, I was complaining. I was like, there was no games. But but now that it's December, I'm complaining there's too many games. Like, I'm, I have, like, a mountain of uh, backlogs to deal with. And, oh boy, this game, this, this year, it's... Pretty nice. A lot of good games came out. And uh before I go get to my game of the year, I do wanna give give shout outs to a few games that didn't quite make it, but I think it's worth mentioning because they they really take up a bunch of my time playing them. So firstly in like in early this year, I think a, a great game that really took took a big chunk of my time was uh, Vampire Survivors. Game practically came out of nowhere and spawned, uh, spawned a new genre on its own. I think Steam labels it the uh, action roguelike. Basically how you play is that you literally survive hordes of monsters. And that's about it. It's really simple, it's really arcadey. A full run will takes about 30 minutes. Or more if you have if you play play more of the game because it does it is a roguelike. So the more you die, the more unlocks you upgrade you you get, the better the better it gets. Game game is pretty addictive at the end of the day. Not gonna talk much about it. It's like I think currently really still really cheap on Steam. You ought to get it. Vampire Survivors, great game. And then later down the year, it was actually pretty quiet from checking my uh, Steam list of games I bought. Uh, is I guess I'll skip 
all the way to June. I think it's June, and uh, that's when DNF Duo came out. And I like fighting games; they are really fun to grind. And I think DNF Duo did everything right. Well, almost everything right. I can't give it too much credit because it, it does have its fair share of problems. That uh. But I think that the the DNA duel is probably one of my favorite fighting games of all time. It's what I would like to quote Maximilian Dude from YouTube that uh game's pretty abrasive, it's not forgiving at all. But I guess growing up playing fighting games like that, I find DNF duel just just right. It plays pretty well if you can get used to this abrasiveness and how punishing it can get from other players online. I do think that the single player stuff could, could have been done better actually. Like I just can't forgive like slideshow story story mode anymore. It is just not part of a good package. Okay, so now later in the year Actually, well, after the end of the door, after June, it, it got quite a, a little quieter for me when it comes to game releases. Cause a little about me, I'm not the biggest AAA game player out there because games in Malaysia is expensive. To, so I can't exactly afford a lot of games that are like mainstream. So I tend to stick to. Uh, what was that? The indie titles in, in Steam on, and on my Switch and stuff. Uh, however, there is one more game that's like uh, MOBA, I would say, that came out somewhere between, I want to say August. I can't, I can't remember when exactly was the timeline when it came out, but it's like a MOBA air hockey type of game thing it's kind of a weird mix uh it's called omega strikers by the way and it's still in early access so technically it's not released yet the the its release is coming next april they delayed it from january to to april and the game is honestly pretty addictive once you get get down to it it's just like a 3v3 air hockey mobile style game where you literally just playing air hockey with two of your friends against another team of three. There's nothing much to say about it other than it just it's, it's a go-to it, go, go to 10 minute per game air hockey arcade game you can just enjoy. It's free on Steam. It's coming to mobile. It's not bad. It's not pay to win. There is a battle pass for it but uh, don't really have to buy because it it's just mostly cosmetics but overall game, game, game is great. Really great. I'll just try it. Uh, and uh honestly after August it got quiet again but it was the beginning of October when games were uh picking up in terms of release and that's where my my mountain of backlog started started piling up and oh my god and just to rap rapid fire everything, I do want to give a shout out to a few games on my on my list. Uh, 
Firstly, Bayonetta 3, great action game, it's awesome. Go play if you want to switch. So unfortunately, we'll never see Bayonetta out of the Nintendo, Nintendo system anymore. But I really do, do hope that if you guys get a chance to play Bayonetta 3, that, that game is awesome. It's really, really good. Uh, High on Life, it's a really quirky first-person shooter made by the guys who made Rick and Morty. It's a little hit and hit hit or miss depending if you where you like the the Rick and Morty series. But for me, it hit just right. The jokes land, the the humor is great. The environment is great. The game is really colorful. In fact, it's too colorful sometimes because some worlds are just it's a sensory overload sometimes. But give it a chance. It's a really in- interesting first person shooter adventure game that. I think, I think it's pretty fun. And I think it's on Game Pass right now, so try it out. If it's not for you, then you feel free to drop it. And uh, finally, I also want to give a shout out to Tiny Tina's Wonderland. Uh, spin-off of the Borderlands series, and I think they finally got the looter shooter formula down for Tiny Tina's because you're not really role-playing as characters anymore. You're creating your own character, like a D- D&D game, but it's like D&D with guns. And Tiny Tina, she's, you know, chaotic. And it's just all around fun. However, I want to say it's pretty short. Uh, but if you enjoy endgame grind like Destiny or Diablo, I think I think it's a pretty nice dun- dungeon shooter-looter. It's pretty, it's pretty fun. Anyways, now on to the big question. What is my game of the year for 2022? I did a lot of thinking, and honestly, it really comes down to how much... how much fun it, it gave me, and not, not exactly how much time I spent with it. If, it's, uh, if we're talking about how much time spent play, I think Vampire Survivors will easily take it. And honestly, after really sitting down and taking hard, uh, I'm... Actually, gonna go with uh, DNF Duo for my game of the year, simply because it really reminds me of my days in the FGC in back in two thousand nine when uh, Street Fighter Four was was like the quote unquote golden ages of the fighting game community back then. It gives me a lot of that that vibe when I was younger, when I was genuinely having fun with games without you know feeling the need that I need to compete, and DNF really fulfills that for me. And I think that would be my piece. Thanks for listening to me talk. And yeah, see you guys next year. Good morning, or good afternoon, or good evening, uh, whatever time you're listening to this podcast. Uh, Yeah, some of y'all might know me, Uh, Asher. I've been on the podcast a couple couple times. Uh, Apologies for my voice. A little sick, uh, been sick throughout the entire time I was planning to record this, and, uh, yeah, Happy New Year to me, that's great, uh, just wanted to do, like, a little intro, uh, seg- like, bit before I get to, like, I guess my actual Game of the Year segment, because, uh, the segment act itself isn't actually that long, and, I found this as an opportunity to talk about just some of the other games that I really like this year uh, that I think are worthy 
of being mentioned. So, uh, I'm kind of just like flying by the hem of my pants or whatever the saying is that they say. Uh, so I'll just throw like a couple games out there that I really, really, really liked. I know <clears throat> at the beginning of the year, I was pretty into Rune Factory 5. Um, that being said, haven't played very much of the rest of the series. I think I played Rune Factory 1 on DS, but Rune Factory 5 captured a lot of my uh, attention. I was playing it a lot throughout the day. I was playing it as a wind-down game. Uh, yeah, anything to scratch that kind of, like, RPG farming itch. Uh, I was really into the game to start. Triangle Strategy, also an itch-scratching game. Uh, I'm always down to play something that's, like, Tactics Ogre or... Final Fantasy Tactics Advanced, or, or Final Fantasy Tactics, you know? And Triangle Strategy definitely scratched that itch. It's not perfect, and it still makes me want to play uh, those other games I mentioned more, but at least it's there and it sated me for the time being. Um, other games to note... I actually really like Pokemon uh, Scarlet Violet. Uh, that, there, there's actually like a bunch of games that I did a write-up on. Uh, so if you ever get the opportunity to follow me on social media, you should see it somewhere. And I encourage you to read the bits on that. But I do actually really like Scarlet Violet. I think uh, the direction they took the game is a really cool direction. I think it's absolutely egregious that a AAA studio released a game of this quality, but I think it's worth checking out. Um, Metal Hellsinger, very short game. Uh, if you're a metalhead, I think that is absolutely a blast to play. Mm. <clears throat> uh, let's see. Digimon Survive. Who could forget Digimon Survive? Uh, Shoutouts to... Uh, Rob and Lewis for recommending me that and like going on kind of that journey with me. Uh, great game. Um, AI Somnium Files Nirvana Initiative, the sequel to um, Somnium Files. <laughs> incredible, incredible sequel. Uh, builds on its original in every way which possible. And I encourage everyone to check that one out if you're a fan of the original or a fan of 999 or any of those games. It's it's great. It's Last Somnium really kind of blew me away and I wasn't expecting it. And I don't know. I just feel some type of way about that game. Uh, and then Signalis. I think anyone who can handle... Uh, scary games. This is the throwback to Resident Evil 1 and Silent Hill that we don't deserve. It is pretty immaculate uh, what they've done game design-wise and what they do with the game design to tell its story. I think it's really profound. It is. It was frustrating for me to play. Uh, you, you would see that, uh, which is what... But if you ever watch my streams... But I think it is an incredible game and deserves, like, all the love and praise that it gets. Um, 
And then, of course, Elden Ring and... Uh, sh- Shoutouts to Elden Ring and God of War for living up to the hype. Uh, go play those games. They're fantastic. They're worth every buck. Uh, I can't believe games lived up to the hype. <sighs> yeah, so uh, without further ado, here is the segment on my favorite game that I have played this year. Daydreaming again? You have a game of the year recording to do. That's right. What were you dreaming about? Believe it or not, um, my game of the year. Or rather, my favorite game I played this year. Well, don't keep me in suspense. What is it? It's a game called Before Your Eyes. It's a game that uses facial tracking. Essentially, it's a memento mori type game of someone's life. And when they blink, it will flash forward in time. It can be five minutes. It could be a couple years. But essentially, as I... Wait, what just happened? The game is a masterpiece. It... What is happening? Okay. Uh. Alright. Calm down, Asher. Breathe. (sighs) Breathe, but don't blink. We're going to start this over again. I mean, we're not actually going to start this over again. You know what I mean. I'm going to begin my thoughts again. And my eyes will hurt. But at least this recording won't be, like, a fractured mess or anything like, God, piece of, I can't believe this is happening to me. I wish this wasn't happening. God. (sighs) Okay. Okay. We can make this work. This recording is but a moment in time. Maybe if I concentrate, I will fast forward only to the moments I would be talking about this game. And hopefully it'll make sense and it won't be some sort of, like, mess, right? Okay. Well, let's give it a go. Start from the beginning. My name is Asher, and my favorite game I played this year before your eyes. The story. The story is about someone who is recalling their life to a fisherman. It has a very, like, river sticks energy. Essentially, the fisherman fished up your soul and wants to know if you had a life worthy of, let's call it heaven. The good afterlife. From there, whenever you blink, there's a chance you move forward in time. Wait, I said that already, right? Okay, uh, let's... It's hard to get into it without, like, just outright spoiling it, you know? 
like, what I can talk about is the introspection it provided me. Is introspection a word? You know, like, just a sense of perspective it gave me on my own life, or maybe, like, the lives of people around me. Like, like the game Passage, uh, it's a type of game that allows you, the player, to better understand the value of a life. The game has made me laugh. It's made me cry. It made me immediately contact family members and friends and tell them how much I appreciate them. I'm always pleasantly reminded that a game can do just that, you know? That this sort of creativity can just launch us into action. It's the ability to appreciate yourself and those around you. I won't say that I needed this game. I'm lucky that in the past two years I've managed to cultivate something that makes me appreciate every day that I'm alive. Uh, but I do think that this game can do that. If you are a person in that kind of space, it can really enlighten you, I suppose, is the word I would use. Uh, so in that regard, I encourage you, viewer, to really look what's before your eyes, and even more so, play this brilliant game. Wow, it is crazy that I didn't blink that entire time. Yo, 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 what up, world? It is your main man, R.E.V., one of the coolest nerds you're loving me, and I am so excited to be invited back to the JSB podcast to chat about my game of the year. So, um, I'm going to do my best to keep this as condensed as possible, even though I am a self-proclaimed professional rambler, and I do follow directions, but I do like to, you know, R-mix it a little bit, or, you know, remix it. So, I'm going to split mine up where I'm going to talk a little bit about my um, AAA title or my big title game of the year and then my indie game of the year. So without further ado, let's get into the good stuff. All right, so for my big AAA title or the one that was like released on consoles, for me, it is hands down, without a shadow of a doubt, Ghost of Tsushima. So I'm always late to the party, um, even though I wanted Ghost of Tsushima for years. Like when they first released the uh, announcement trailer, I'm like, yo, I love this. I already love anything with Japanese influence. But then it had like this, these Assassin's Creed vibes and I love Assassin's Creed. So as soon as I saw it, I'm like, OK, cool. But then the thing that really got me was the art direction and the art style. I'm like, visually, this game is just mind blowing. It's stunning. And so I ended up purposely not getting it in the midst of the pandemic because that's when it came out uh, in 2020. And of course, life be lifing. <laughs> so the pandemic threw us all for a doozy. Um, but with that, I didn't want to dive into it. Uh, I was too busy surviving and I didn't want to play a game that was like, you know, running around fighting and stuff like that. I actually tried playing other games that I purposely put to the side because they were like end of the world games. And in the context of what the world was going through, I didn't want to dive into that. But when I got Ghost of Tsushima, I got it last year. And again, life be lifing. I finally had a chance to start it in November. And it's been, oh my gosh, like hands down, one of the best experiences I've ever had in any game. I mean, I haven't done a deep dive in a game like this in a long time. Because for me, you know, as I get a little bit more seasoned in life, 
uh, I appreciate the early bedtimes, the winding down at 9.30, in the bed at 10, knocked out by 10.15. <laughs> so I appreciate that. But Ghost definitely kept me up to like 1, 2 in the morning, and then I'm waking up thinking about it. I knew I loved this game when I was trying to go to bed, and then I threw my arm right before I dozed off. You know like that lull of sleep where you fall asleep, then you wake up because it's like, oh, snap. I didn't realize I dozed off. So I threw my arm because mentally I was in the headspace of like, okay, cool. Let me switch to the black powder bomb. Nah, I'm going to use the wind chime and then I'm going to knock out this adversary over there. So needless to say, I am in love with the game. <laughs> it is my top AAA game. Um, and I love the narrative. Visually, there's no bad angle in the game. I resonate a lot with the main character. Like, I love to write. I love music. And I love the fact that as a samurai, Jin is writing haikus. He is playing music. He uh, sticks to samurai. Well, he has a samurai code. But what I love most about the game is the, the factor of identity. Like, it truly is a story of identity where Jin is torn between two things and essentially tradition and stepping into who he wants to be. But that's up to the player to decide. So there's no spoilers. I loved how um, lived in the world felt where there was one mission. The, the one that I remember most recently was um, I was in Act 3 and I went to a cemetery and um, a person was wanting to deliver flowers, but they couldn't. And so I delivered them on their on their behalf. And I didn't get anything, but I really appreciated that because it made the world feel lived in, you know, where you didn't need a reward for just doing something. And I loved all the different armor, all the side quests, just, oh my gosh, I did everything. And I love, 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 and really appreciated the queer representation in there because there were uh, certain side missions that I really resonated with about loving and secrecy. So it was just like, oh man, it hit everything. And again, I'm a huge AC fan. So as an Assassin's Creed fan, I definitely did a lot more stealth stuff and man, it just, it fills my heart with so much joy. Like this is a game I will talk about for years and years and years. And it has easily got me rethinking my whole top 10. So for the big titles, Ghost of Tsushima is my game of the year. So now let's switch over to the indie titles, the indie titles. Okay. So this one was really, really, really difficult. I'm still, this is the reason I waited so long to record because I knew my big title, Game of the Year, free. This one was hard because I played a bunch of different indie games after being inspired by the last um, Game of the Year podcast. And I'm like, oh, man, like everybody who shared, thank y'all. Y'all put me onto some really cool games. So from there, I'm like, okay, cool. What do I want to contribute this year? <sighs> and I'm stuck, man. I'm stuck. I know I want to follow directions. But I think I got a two-way tie. I think I got a two-way tie, y'all. And I'm going to do my best to condense it because I only got a few minutes left. All right. So for the indie games, my two-way tie is between Steven Universe, Save the Light, and The Gardens Between. So I played uh, Steven Universe, Save the Light. That was actually a gift from one of my good, good, good homies, my brother. Much love to you, fam. And... Because he knows I love Steven Universe. I love Steven Universe. He was like, yo, Rev, you'll love this game. So I'm like, all right, cool. You know, and he's such a game genius. So I truly do appreciate his brilliance. 
And with that, he was absolutely right because it's an RPG, Steven Universe. I mean, I was already Gucci. But then, like, the mechanics are so cool because... So I didn't play Paper Mario, but when I was looking at comments on YouTube videos, it was like, oh, it's like Paper Mario. For me, it reminded me of Legend of Dragoon, which is already one of my top 10 games. And it reminds me of it because you have, like, in the battle system, it is... Well, it's not turn-based. It's more active time battle. But you have access to so many different characters with so many different attributes, and then they can combo a lot of their attacks. So I love how, like, especially when you get further in the game and you get certain characters like Peridot, she is definitely uh, an attrition character, whereas Greg, Steven's dad, he's, like, a status boost character. Steven can heal, and then you can switch over to, like, Amethyst. She has the range. Pearl, she's all around, but I like her approach to attrition as well. And then Garnet is the heavy hitter. Connie is a heavy hitter. Like, the game is just dope across the board. You can switch between all your characters. You can level them up, get badges. Honestly, I could talk about this game for ages, (laughs) for ages. So trust me on this one. If you haven't been introduced to the Steven Universe world, definitely try out Steven Universe Save the Light. It's such a good game. Like, I really, I I enjoyed that one a lot. Like, I think I, I think it had trophies, and I think I 100%ed it. I don't remember because I played it much earlier this year. But, man, like, hands down, one of the best gifts I've ever gotten and one of the best games I've ever played. And so, what ties with a game like this? The Gardens Between. So I love this little indie game, and I know I have a little bit of time left, so I want to make sure to talk about it as much as possible. So the story, I think a lot of people will resonate with. I enjoyed it. Um, I didn't have like any personal uh, experiences similar to that, but I really do appreciate the storytelling. Game isn't long, maybe like five hours, six hours max, but it's such a cool puzzle game because I love the physics and the mechanics of it, where a lot of it is time-based. And what I mean is that, As you move forward, like you move your characters forward, elements in the background move forward. So like in the first stage, you have boxes falling, you have bicycles moving, and everything based on if you move forward or backwards, it'll either move forward in time or reverse. But you have to use that time in order to help solve the puzzles within each individual world. It's such a cool title. This one, I loved it specifically for those mechanics, and it was just such a standout that I'm like, okay, I've never played a game like this that it requires so much thought of if I move the character slightly forward and the box slightly falls, what will happen if another character or the other character is in the right position to activate this other part of the level, which then when we get around to it, Do we have to reverse? Do we move forward? So it's just such a cool experience, y'all. It was such a cool experience. So I highly recommend The Gardens Between. So those were my games of the year. Thank you so much for listening to me ramble for 10 minutes. I really do appreciate it. I'm looking forward to everyone else's games of the year. And make sure y'all follow them three H's. Stay healthy, hydrated, and hygienic in these streets. Wishing you all a wonderful holiday season, a safe, lovely, and beautiful Happy New Year. Sending you tons of light, love, and support. And I will catch y'all on the next one. Peace. Try not to make it weird here. What is up, everyone? It is me, Rainbow Frisky. You know the voice. You know the name. I know you've missed me. I don't know the last time that I was on. 
a show per se. It's been it's been a long year for me. Uh, so uh, yeah, I'm uh, grateful that I get to do this again. Uh, I'm pretty excited about that. So yeah, uh, I guess without further ado, I will just jump into it so I can keep my part short and sweet. Um, so this year for game of the year, I did not play a uh, entire like variety of games. It's been a really busy year for me, so I've been kind of off the grid to say the least. Um, so I will say I don't f personally I don't think that a lot of games that heavily interested me came out this year. Um, even when looking back, I think there's been a few. There's probably been a bunch that I've missed. But uh, overall, I think that this has been a, a fine year for me to sort of sabbatical away. So as my sort of honorable mention to the game of the year, last year I did sort of list, but I had actually played more games last year than I did this year. Um, so this year I'll kind of say, uh, I'll just talk about game of the year and I'll talk about some honorable mentions here. So honorable mentions, uh, at first I'll say Sonic Frontiers. Um, I don't really think... The, the reason it's an honorable mention is because I haven't really given it the full chance yet. Uh, I played a little bit of it, and I think that there's like a glimmer of hope for the game as it stands and the system that lies in place for it to get better uh, over time. Uh, I did like a couple of combat uh, instances there, and it kind of made me not want to play anymore, so I, I turned it off and kind of haven't played it since. But uh, overall, like this, the sort of 2D, 3D switching... Uh, some of the uh, what's the word I'm looking for like mini games and stuff was fun uh, fishing trash um, but aside from that yeah it was it was pretty okay so I, once I go back and actually play it maybe it'll be uh, kind of a, a fair shake but <laughs> I can't really tell you when that's honestly going to be uh, yeah so Sonic Frontiers meh um, God of War Ragnarok, I know there was a lot of hot debate uh, towards the end of the year about which sort of game was going to win uh, game of the year uh, in the media, or as big of gaming media as you can get. Um, and this is just me saying as an honorable mention, because I have not finished God of War Ragnarok yet. I got it pretty late, um, but I have played a pretty decent amount of it, and I am one of the only people who just finished god of war um the like the original whatever not the obviously you know the one that came out um and so yeah i just finished that like not even probably two weeks ago so i went into this super fresh without um having like that huge time gap where the stupid thing on the menu that's like recap it was really necessary because i actually remember way more than was in the recap um, and although, like, the opening scene of Ragnarok, like, pff, tears in my eyes, man, I mean, unbelievable, but I still, I believe that it is, like, probably comparable to, to, uh, a game of the year, I think, I think it could easily be there, but, uh, for me in this instance, it's not, even though I love it, I think it's wonderful, I th thought the original was wonderful, I think that, um, like, the performance is amazing. The world is amazing. The, the the sticking to sort of a more realistic representation of the mythology is like wonderful. Uh, I I really think the new sort of direction of the God of War games is is tremendous. So yeah, I think it's great. But it is obviously an honorable mention. And 
with that, I do have a super honorable mention, and this one is for all my homies out there. Uh, a lot of games have been ported this year to the newer consoles, and some older games have been sort of brought forward. Um, one, November 15th. Let's mark that date in your calendars, because Ease 8 Lacrimosa of Donna was ported to PS5. So again, now it's on every system that's been released for uh, in the Sony realm for the last, I don't know, a ton of years. So fucking play Ease 8. Um, I will never stop telling you to play Ease 8, no matter when it actually came out, because now it's been ported. So technically, the port came out this year, and so it could be game of the year if I were to go back and play it, though it's not. So uh, shout out to Drew, shout out to Rob, shout out to all my homies out there who love Ease. Uh, play Ease 8. I promise you won't regret it. Um, so, game of the year. Obviously, I think this is a pretty symbolic choice, to say the least. Um, and I'm going to choose Elden Ring. Um, I'm totally not going against the grain here. Uh, some of my co-hosts and cohorts may think that, <laughs> or may do some, say some crazy shit that I wouldn't think of or haven't played this year. So, uh, I'll just be the sort of bearer of this. Um, to say that Elden Ring was the game of the year is like not super ar arguable I think to the masses because of the impact that it had it did really bring a lot of people from outside of the souls uh the souls born sort of um I'm not gonna say cult because that sounds offensive but you know that sort of uh atmosphere uh souls games tend to be super hard I do not like souls games we've talked about this on the podcast over the years uh, I am fucking awful at Souls games. I am terrible. I've been trying to play through the first part of Bloodborne for years, and every time I pick it up, I just get pissed off and turn it off. So uh, I am resident, not good at video games. Uh, I can't ever stress that enough. But Elden Ring was a totally new experience. It really brought me into the space of uh, Souls games. And... I think that though some people say it was like probably the easiest Souls game, I wouldn't doubt that. I guess because I, I I have played a lot of Souls games. I've never I've only finished like one or two maybe, but uh, Elden Ring was a tremendous experience. Like the uh, the sort of open world like free roam concept, you could kind of do things in different orders uh, where you wouldn't normally be. All the sort of different bonds and stuff. Uh, that you could make and the choices that sort of impact the greater force of the game um, were amazing and I did play it quite a bit I think I played it comparable number of hours to uh, when Persona 5 first came out so over 120 maybe um, so that's pretty impactful for me for me to play a Souls game I think for over 100 hours says a whole lot uh, yeah so I think it definitely was game of the year for me um, the graphics were amazing. The world was amazing. The character interactions were amazing. The 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 nods to older games and the sort of inclusion of a lot of references and uh, things to that. The sort of nod to um, um, the the berserk nod with the graveyards uh, was amazing. Uh, the f sort of freedom to do whatever you want is amazing. I, I know they have that in other Souls games, but again, this is like the first one that I've really played through and. Come to completion and then played some of new game plus as well so yeah 
I think Elden Ring for me was a sure win, though, you know, like honestly, that Ease 8 port could be, you know, uh, could be a strong runner up because it's one of my favorite games that uh, action uh, RPG games I've ever played. So, um, yeah, Elden Ring is great. Um, most people played it, so I'm not going to tell you to play it. If you haven't played it, um, go play it. Um, if you haven't played Ease 8, go play it. Uh, if you're thinking about playing another game, um, don't play it yet. Go play Ease 8 first and then play Elden Ring. And then maybe go and play Ease 9, because I think that would probably benefit you the best. But, yeah, overall, uh, thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. It's been a while, so um, looking forward to sort of getting back on the, um, uh, getting back in the mix of things. Love you guys. Bye. Hello there, fellow adventurers. JSB Games Cast co-host Drew Roberts here again to share my thoughts on my Game of the Year for 2022. While I must be honest that happenings this year did not allow me to play too many releases of the year, I do believe that my experience with a certain game would have led me to this conclusion all the same. That game in question is none other than Elden Ring, the latest title from developer From Software's catalog. As the latest entry in the Soul series slash subgenre, Elden Ring takes everything from its predecessors and aims to turn the dial up to 11. Elden Ring places you in a world as a tarnished, a being who has lost the grace of the great Erd Tree and banished from the lands between by the game's central ruler, Queen Merica the Eternal. With nothing more than a short expositional explanation and a forced death to your player character, you immediately begin your quest to brave the lands between and become the new Elden Lord. While I'm sure you may be used to hearing the declaration that Elden Ring is Game of the Year, it's certainly not a notion without merit. Elden Ring throws you in this vast world that stretches as far as the eye can see and then some. It is a game that is certainly in a tier all its own. The game takes the concept of an open world and elevates it to a seemingly unreachable height. The lands between are a vast world for you to explore, consisting of both an overworld and an underworld. Ruins and dungeons littered around every corner, and secrets buried in every little nook and cranny. As soon as you best the game's short tutorial area, it sets you free within its realm to create your own adventure, much in a similar way to games like Breath of the Wild. You can literally pick any direction to go and start questing, and nothing really roadblocks you from going anywhere you want. It's this feeling that truly encapsulates what Elden Ring is all about. Much like Breath of the Wild, the game lets the player create their own adventure, whether it's along the path guided by Grace, the game's way of guiding the player through its more important areas of the game, or off the beaten path because you saw some castle ruins in the distance that seemed interesting. At the start of the game, I found myself exploring a beachside cave at the bottom of a cliff after fleeing from a dragon 50 times my size that I found right near the starting area. It's moments like these that really encapsulate what Elden Ring is all about, if you listen to our earlier episodes when all of our members of the JSB Gamescast were playing Elden Ring, all of our starting experiences were different, and that's something that Elden Ring truly captures. That's something special, and I love that fact about the game. The lands between are littered with new weapons, spells, summons, items, armors, and every other magical item you can think of, because Elden Ring rewards its players handsomely for their exploration. This really enhances the journey through the world around you, as the game is constantly giving you new things to play around with and interact with the world around you. And that really enhances the experience, and I, I mean that. I, I, it enhances the experience tenfold, because you never get bored of exploring this world, because you never know what you're going to find at the end of a dungeon or behind a waterfall, which I have to say... I explored every waterfall, and I was disappointed that there were so many waterfalls without things behind them. Conversation for another day. However, 
the game constantly rewarding me for exploring kept me wanting to keep pressing on and see what else I could find. Elden Ring is still not for the faint of heart. Back is the usual challenge that is offered by your typical Soulsborne outing. Toughest nails enemies, epic and brutal boss battles, challenging dungeons to navigate, and everything of the sort. All tied together in this open world experience that is truly unique. This world feels so magical and alive and the game is gorgeous and the areas that you visit are wondrous beyond imagination. I, I can't imagine another game like that giving me that same feeling this year. Elden Ring brings in experiences unlike any other game I've ever played to the table. And so with that, I have to, without any remorse, give my game of the year to Elden Ring. However, that's not all. On another note, and I may be cheating here, I do want to bring up an honorable mention to a game that I didn't play this year, but if I had, it would have most certainly been my game of the year. For what most of, of you will probably consider a very on-brand pick for me, The Legend of Heroes Trails from Zero was officially released on September 27, 2022 by NAS America. It was released as a collaboration between the Geofront fan translation team and NAS America. I myself was able to play it when the fan translation first released in 2020, and it quickly became one of my favorite games. Seeing that it's got its official release here in the West, I think it's only fair to bring it up, as the title certainly deserves to be in the same breath of Game of the Year as games like Elden Ring and God of War. Trails from Zero is the fourth title in Nihon Falcom's Legend of Heroes Trails subseries, more notably known in Japan as Kiseki. It is without a doubt one of the best JRPGs I have ever played, if not my favorite JRPG of all time. The game places you in the shoes of Lloyd Bannings, a newly graduated rookie and detective as he is first joining the Crossbell Police Department of Crossbell City. Crossbell City, known throughout the continent of Zamoria for being a city rife with corruption and sin, sits center stage of many conflicts and schemes taking place all over the world. Lloyd and his colleagues of the newly founded Special Support Section Department of the Crossbow Police Department must overcome the barriers set before them to fight the injustices from both within and outside Crossbell. Trails from Zero was originally released in Japan in 2011, but still holds up today as one of the strongest narratives in the JRPG world. While it continues the overarching plot and narrative of the Trail Saga, Zero's narrative is able to stand on its own while telling a compelling narrative from start to finish, without losing its player whether they've been on this ride since the beginning or if this is their first Trails game. The writing and characters in Zero are top-notch, the cast is incredibly memorable and endearing, there's intrigue around every corner. The world of Crossbell really comes to life as you get to know its citizens over the course of the game, and you really come to care about the city and its plight. I constantly think about this game, even two years after I beat it, and I always find myself coming back to it as my bar for JRPG storytelling. Combined with its excellent soundtrack and solid grid-based, turn-based battle system, you're in for one of the best JRPG experiences you could ask for. Trails from Zero is damn near what I would consider a perfect game in one. One that left me screaming at the top of my lungs in hype at the game's climax. One that left me crying in tears in some of the game's more emotional moments. I truly can't recommend this game enough, and it really holds a special place in my heart. I love that it is finally officially available in the West for everybody to enjoy. And I always think about this game fondly, and it's absolutely a contender for Game of the Year on anyone's list. I can't wait to go back and experience it all again soon. 
Don't miss out on this hidden gem of 2022. Wow. That was a lot. Uh, <laughs> in case you forgot who I am, uh, after all those lovely voices, uh, is Rob, aka Zen, here to welcome you back uh, to my side of the table. Uh, how was that journey? How was that journey through 2022 uh, video game releases? Um, there was a lot of games talked about. Um, like I said at the top, it was... Elden Ring and, and God of War left a very strong impression for a lot of us. Um, and I think that's that's true across the entire industry. And I think that's true across a lot of gamers out there. But what this episode really showed um, is that even though those those games are, are shining beacons, uh, there's still like a lot out there to be discovered. You know, uh, we, we kicked the whole thing off with, with Lewis talking about his experience with God of War. Um, but then you get into like uh, Chase, right? And, and he had a, a strong impression of Sonic Frontiers. Like, who thought Sonic in the Lord of 2022, a 3D Sonic game at that, um, would resonate, right? And, and even I just recently started it. Um, and that game is, it is incredible what they're doing uh, with that series. And while it may not be uh, super high on my list, I am fascinated by the overall game direction that they took. Um, and he went on to talk about Metal Hellsinger, which is an insane, like, metal rhythm action game that a lot of people should go check out. And then, obviously, uh, ending it with, like, something that was near and dear to him being Crisis Core. Um, I started that recently, too, and, and that, that re-release, or, or that, that remaster, I should say, is amazing. Uh, you know, we heard from Ryan talking about fighting games being DNF Duel, uh, you know, he played Elden Ring, and as someone who was not into Souls games, that was something that touched him uh, in a super meaningful way. And, you know, he even brought to light uh, Warm Snow, uh, which is a, a Chinese-developed game. And that is um, that is an area that I think deserves a lot more spotlight. Um, there are a lot of really good Chinese-developed games, uh, and that, that is a region um, that is putting out a lot of great content that has been overlooked uh, recently. And I hope that in the future, coming 2023, you can really do a better job at highlighting a lot of that stuff. Um, thank you to Cats coming on uh, the program <laughs> uh, with, with their list and talking about Bayonetta 3, uh, High on Life, which is a game that I, I thought was going to get memed on hard, but uh, a lot of people walked away going, hey, that's actually a, a way more fun game than we thought it was going to be. Um, and Omega Strikers, uh, and their, um, their time with DNF Duel, like those, that's some amazing stuff there. Uh, of course, we had Asher's bit. <laughs> uh, I think this this might be like a yearly thing that I just I look forward to what kind of insanity he, he's gonna bring to to this show but I I I want to check out before your eyes um, that sounds like an amazing journey an amazing experience uh, they got me to start Isomnium Files Nirvana Initiative and while I'm about halfway through that game I agree that that is an amazing ride that I think people should check out, regardless of whether or not you've played the first one. Um, it, it's it's written in a way that you don't have to have played the first game to enjoy the second game, but both are phenomenal. Um, 
Rev came back with some with some good hitters. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima is a game that uh, I I have complicated feelings on because like it also played to my open world fatigue. But I do love a lot of what that game does, especially as in in the visual space. Like that game is amazing. Um, and I'm very curious to check out the Steam Universe Save the Light. Like, I, I did not expect to come out of this episode going, hey, I want to check out a Steven Universe game. I actually don't know much about Steven Universe as a whole. Um, so he's telling me that that could be a really good entry point, And I will definitely check that out because I do love um, those sort of uh, Paper Mario style uh, games. And the gardens between you you guys already know i i will eat that up um that is something that i never heard of until he brought it to the table um so that is already in my cart ready to go um bless nick for coming back on the show uh i definitely hope to 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 hear more of him coming coming soon um but you know he spent his time with god of war and, and ease eight <laughs> got its re-release so you guys already know how we feel about that and um again uh drew came on right after to talk about how elden ring was such a special release for him so it's like there's a lot there's a lot out there um and there there's so much that we didn't talk about today um i think for me personally as i get into my bit here um i think for me Elden Ring is a game that you guys have heard me talk about uh, a million times. Um, when that game came out in February, uh, I think we spent five straight episodes talking about that game. Like, two-hour podcasts of just Elden Ring. Uh, and by the end of that that whole month or so, um, I walked away going... I walked away from that game going... I can teach an entire course on open world game design uh, just using that game. I think that game is is phenomenal and it pushes that genre uh, and pushes that that style of game so far forward that it's gonna take a very long time before someone can even come close to to what that game has accomplished. And I hope I'm proven wrong. I hope we get some insane game like this year or next year that just like pushes it even further. But we heard a lot about that game, uh, so I won't harp on it too, too much. But uh, I think that that game definitely in it from a game design perspective is, is definitely like game of the year for me. And then God of War is something that we talked about as well. We did a, a spoiler cast um, of that game. Um, and, uh, just for, from the reasons that were mentioned earlier, right? Uh, Lewis talked about it in full. Like I, I could not add to anything else that he said, right? Uh, I share all the same sentiments and that game touched me in, in profound ways with its narrative and how I love Kratos. I never thought I would say that, uh, <laughs> as a character. I love that man. Um, so what's left for me, um, as, as those two are definitely like some super highlights, but I, I kind of want to just go over like what else came out this year that I thought was super interesting. Um, in January, we saw Monster Hunter Rise come out on PC, which was a game that I played a little bit on the Switch. And I'll, once they announced PC version, I was like, I'm going to wait. 
because I know it's going to be a definitive version, and I was not disappointed. Um, that game pushes Monster Hunter in a way that um, builds off of what they built up in World and added more movement options to create like a super fun action game that feels very loose, but at the same time, very tight. Um, you feel good hunting down those monsters and, and moving through the spaces and all the different weapon types and, and skills that you can get in that game. It is amazing what they've done with that series and done it in a way that also like lowers the barrier of entry. I think this is also one of the most accessible Monster Hunter games. At the same time, it's also a very complex game. Um, and I think they do a pretty solid job at like onboarding uh, for that stuff. Uh, it's not perfect. They can definitely uh, improve in some areas, but I think uh, I think it's a phenomenal release. And Sunbreak, the expansion, came out this year as well. And I, I only dived a little bit into it, but it just continues the trend of being like, such an amazing game. Um, we have uh, Pokemon Legends Arceus. Like we, uh, I think Asher touched on um, Scarlet and Violet uh, a little bit, which is the latest Pokemon release. Um, but we got like a small preview of what like an open world Pokemon game could be back in January. Uh, it's crazy that two Pokemon game, two somewhat mainline Pokemon games released in the same year. Um, and that showed us like, a different style of Pokemon game that I think I want to see more of, right? It also It's also a game that painted Pokemon in, like, a very different light. Um, it, it was a, It's an isekai, right? So it is a character from a modern world that gets sent back in time or, or kind of, like, in this alternate space um, to an area where, like, Pokemon are still new and people haven't figured out, like, what these creatures really are. And looking at like some of the characters and how they treat Pokemon and, and how they're, they're learning about them and how they're legitimately terrified of these creatures. Like think about what Pokemon actually are if they were like real, like that is frightening that this little rodent could just like fry me at any moment, you know? Uh, and there's definitely characters that play off of that and are very scared and, and, and timid around Pokemon and, and they learn like they're not all bad creatures and that we can cohabilitate in this space. You know what I mean? Um, it's a really fascinating look at like what Pokemon can be. Uh, and I hope they, they do more of that. Uh, I think that's a really awesome game. Strange the Paradise, <laughs> Final Fantasy Origin came out. Who thought it was a good idea to give the Neo team uh, a reimagining of what Final Fantasy 1 was? Um, I just started playing it uh, very, very recently. Uh, I have not finished it, but I know Chase is is head over heels for that game. I know Travis had a really good time with that game as well. And uh, from what I've played, it is it is awesome. Uh, it is a super tight action game done by Team Ninja. You guys already know. Um, and definitely worth seeing uh, this, this game that takes itself seriously, but also at the very same time doesn't. Uh, Jack is like a phenomenal Final Fantasy protagonist question mark <laughs> uh definitely check that out um king of fighters 15 came out this year i, I, I guess nobody remembered uh the uh, this version of kof is is probably like the best kof game to release since like what like 2002 and in 98 and stuff like that right uh built with rollback netcode in mind so it's like a playable kof game um and it has like new dlc coming out like so much support going into it it's just a phenomenal fighting game release um 
one of my favorite gaming memories of this year uh, was playing through the Cuphead DLC with Lewis. Uh, I think that was an insane time. Uh, the Delicious Last Course. Um, if, if you guys are fans of like the Cuphead style of game, and if you're fans of Cuphead in general, right? Uh, the Delicious Last Course adds another like two to three hours onto what is already an amazing game uh, and plays with mechanics in a way that just like, how could, how could Cuphead get any more insane? And they're just like, fam, we got you. Uh, <laughs> and then what that game does, uh, it actually like retroactively like makes the, the base game even better because like they introduce, like when you finish the Delicious Last Course, they introduce uh, a whole new way to play the original game, uh, which is insane to me. So it's like this this year was just incredible, just like banger after banger after banger. Um, I also want to spend a little time that I have left. I mean, I run this show. Like, I can I can go over a little bit more, maybe. Uh, <laughs> but to spend, like, a moment to talk about Digimon Survive. Um, I think that game, if nothing else, I think that game is probably, like, a strong number three for me. Um, Digimon Survive takes the Digimon formula that we know and love of, like, kids gets transported into a digital world and puts a completely different spin on it and paints Digimon in a light that's like not great um they they treat these characters as urban legends or or not even like urban legends really but just like these spiritual beings that will um spirited away uh individuals in uh in sometimes just straight up like eat them you know what I mean like they are not good beings. <laughs> they are to be feared. Um, and you have these these group of kids that are just like having this horrifying experience of being trapped in this mountainous area, not knowing anything about these creatures that are out to kill them, like straight up. Um, it is an insane take for this for this series. Uh, it is primarily a visual novel, uh, but it has tactics uh, RPG gameplay as well. Um, maybe not the deepest tactics gameplay, but um, uh, serviceable enough to like, you know, carry you through the game. But the, the overall scenario is just insane. It is tense. There are moments of actual like fear. There are moments, uh, there are actual jump scares in, in it that I found really funny too. Um, it is, it is insane what they have done with that series. And I hope that they continue to do interesting things in that space. I think, um, I think there, there's more room for just different creative takes on these IPs that we sort of just know and love, right? Like I talked about how, uh, Pokemon Legends Arceus was a different take on the Pokemon franchise. And I think Scarlet and Violet does something very similar with their take on, on, what it means to have a Pokemon journey, right? It's not just about collecting badges, but there's so much more there as well. And I think this take on Digimon uh, is a really fascinating new look. Um, and I mean, there, there's there's so much more. I could, I could sit here and rattle on for like hours. Um, but a small, small indie game I do want to touch on real quick before I kind of wrap this up is Vampire Survivors. Um, I think that game 
it is like a three dollars. I mean, they might have increased the price to like five dollars now, which I mean they should charge more. It is it's it is insane. Um, this was a game made by one individual. Um, it is like a a sort of top down. Um, it is like a top down action game, but it's it's like idle action. Um, where you are moving a character around a space and you're collecting power-ups, right? And you're just trying to beat off waves of enemies. And there's no, like, attack buttons or anything like that. It is all just movement. Um, it is all just, like, up, down, left, right, um, and in your diagonals. And it is just you collecting power-ups, and, and all these attacks will activate on, like, a timer, right? And you're trying to find, like, the perfect combination of, like, different skills in... in uh, uh, attacks and stuff like that to survive waves after waves after waves of enemies um and it is it is addicting in a way it's addicting in a way that i i just wasn't expecting um it is very simple but rewarding at the same time uh the play sessions are relatively short they they last only 30 minutes um in in it, there's, there's kind of like a, a hard cap at 30 minutes. You, that is kind of the whole goal is to survive for 30 minutes, though a certain act, event happens at 30 minutes that you could go past that timer, but I, I'll leave it to you to to go play it. But like as you're collecting power-ups in, in these treasure chests and like the visual effects will go off and it's almost like uh, every time you pick up a chest, you get a random new ability and it just like, it pops off with like this slot machine mechanic and like graffiti and stuff is uh, not graffiti uh, uh <laughs> um what, what, what is it um yeah, yeah anyway things are popping off um and it is just it is insane what that game does um i highly 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 recommend everybody go check it out they just released a a, a mobile version as well um, again, it's only like three or four dollars. Uh, I've probably put an insane amount of hours into it. Um, so definitely check that out. Um, and yeah, I know there's there's so much more missing. Signalis, I know um, uh, Asher touched on Signalis for a little while. Uh, but if that 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 game is also like truly, truly game of the year worth worthy. Um, it's uh, it is such a love letter to old school horror games, um, Resident Evil, Silent Hill, like it wears all of its inspirations on its sleeve and executes it in a way that is just like super fascinating, uh, tells a narrative in a very unique way, um, and just has a visual art style, like this pixel graphics is, is, ooh, 10 out of 10, um, but yeah, I think that's kind of it for for my game of the year segment um i i ran over so long <laughs> but it, it's worth it right it, it goes to show um just how amazing this year was and i didn't even get to tunic y'all should go play tunic uh it's on game pass go play tunic uh, I, man, if I could just erase the time that I just wasted here, uh, I could talk for hours about Tunic and, and it's amazing, uh, 
the, the way that you explore that world in, in finding pages of, of a game manual that, that recontextualizes the entire space that you're playing in. Uh, go play that game. Uh, but with that, you know, I, I want to thank everybody for, for participating in, in this project. It means a lot to me um, doing this podcast every week or when we really can, because I know the last couple of weeks have been a little rough, but I appreciate everybody that listens. I appreciate everybody that contributes. Uh, I hope to, to continue to do this in, in this coming year and, and beyond. I think we're, we're lined up for an incredible year of video games. Um, and I hope that everyone just has a, a happy new year. I hope everyone uh, has games that they're looking forward to. And I look forward to hearing more about what everyone uh, what everyone has played and what they continue to play and what they're going to play. Um, definitely keep me keep me updated on everything, both you, the listeners, both uh, the people that, that have contributed. Uh, continue to tell me about the games that, that you guys love. Um, and with that, uh, I think that brings our podcast to a close. Uh, once again, thank you for listening. We will talk to you guys next week. Bye.